Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, episode number three. What is Lock Sport? In today's episode, we've got more news of criminals with picks. We ask the question, what is Lock Sport and what activities does it encompass? And we've got a couple interesting projects by members of the Lock Picking subreddit. Well, welcome back to all my returning listeners, and welcome to all the new listeners. A uh, couple of quick things I need to go over today. Um, I want to thank everyone that has contributed news to this episode. However, uh, it was a bit light this week. I would implore all of you to send me anything you've got that's Locksport related that you think anybody might have any interest in don't worry about flooding me with emails or, or whatever. I will sort through it. You never know what you might have that might be perfect to fit in with what I'm already working on for a uh, episode topic or might go with something I've already got as far as news from somebody else. If, if I get too much info, no harm done. I'll sort through it. Don't worry about that. Just send me what you got. This podcast can only happen with your support. If you want to try and support the show in some way and you send me in some news and I happen to use it in the podcast or you support the podcast in some other significant way, I will give you a shout out if you have some sort of YouTube channel, blog, or anything like that that you want me to announce to the listeners. Just let me know in your your comment or your email and I will make sure to, to get you that shout out. That is how I repay you for helping with the podcast. This week, I want to say a special thank out to Helpful Lockpicker on YouTube for sharing this podcast and my YouTube channel with his listeners. We're trying to work out a way to share information back and forth. If for some reason you don't already subscribe to Helpful Lockpicker, please go check out his YouTube channel. I have a link in the description I know most of you probably, if or all of you already do, I know he has like 46,000 subscribers and for good reason. Uh, among other things, he does his weekly series called the Locksport Update, uh, which is where we kind of cross over. However, his is a video update, so he can do a much better job of covering new Locksport channels or things that happen in Locksport YouTube videos in the community that way. I, as an audio only podcast, can't do a good job of covering that. So I'm going to leave more of that to him. So if you share with me a new channel, if it's in relation to news that, uh, that I'm going to share, I will share it on here. But otherwise, I'm not going to just generally shout out new YouTube channels on here because that's better for somebody like helpful or starry lock or any of the other youtube members to do because there are the the viewers are already on youtube so you can show them a clip or give them the the link and they're already on youtube it's really easy for them to run over and subscribe in the podcast unless they're listening to it on youtube it's definitely not as easy and i can't feature them as well i can't show images or videos from their channel so and I have to try and spell out their names. So anyway, that's kind of the way that's going to work for me. And I kind of just sidetracked myself. Uh, go check out Helpful Lockpicker. Our shows will kind of 
differ in ways. Um, I am also, in case you didn't already notice, I'm going to change the day the podcast is released to Monday. It better fits with my schedule. It gives me the, the weekend to plan, record, and edit, and upload the show so that it's available on Monday morning versus trying to do it so it's available on Sunday morning like I did last week. It just, it's easier if I have the whole weekend to get things prepared. Well, uh, we've got another story of lockpick-possessing criminals. We've got two women facing breaking and entering charges and theft charges in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I guess deputies got a call about an incident at a storage unit, and they were told of uh, people in a white Ford Expedition carrying bolt cutters when deputies caught up to the vehicle and pulled it over. They claimed they were just emptying out a storage unit that they weren't using anymore, and but they didn't have a working key to the unit. All the keys they tried to show the deputy that it was theirs, none of the keys worked, and they found in the vehicle meth pipes, uh, several cut locks, lock picking kit, bolt cutters. So I don't know. It sounds like they were just pretty much cutting the locks, but they did possess lock picking tools, which, you know, makes it part of my news and kind of points out again that it puts into the general public's viewpoint that criminals do possess lock picks and do pick locks, even if they're not actually picking them, they're being busted with them. And that's something that, that sits in the mind of the people that read these stories. That's really my only point on that. All right, for the main topic of this week, I was going to talk about what is Locksport. In my description for the podcast, I've described it as the hobby of legal lockpicking, which really is not a good definition of what Locksport is. Uh, it was just something quick I thought up as I was having to put something in that field. And uh, a little more clear definition comes from Wikipedia. Wikipedia defines it as... Lock sport is the sport of or recreation of defeating lock systems. Its enthusiasts learn a variety of skills, including lock picking, lock bumping, and a variety of other skills traditionally known only to locksmiths and other security professionals. While that's a true and accurate description, I think there are a lot more activities that lock sport enthusiasts are involved in. Some of them may be considered lock sport. Some of them may not be. It depends on who you talk to. Some people consider certain things lock sport and certain things aren't. Some things are just physical security in general. Some are unrelated. So I'm going to go through a list of some of the ones that have come up. I asked a question on Reddit and I made a list of my own and I'm just going to kind of fuse those things together. Uh, forgive me if I miss anything or I get some details wrong. I don't have personal experience with all of these different facets. I'm just going to kind of give a list and a brief description of each and go from there. Feel free to send me a message if I forget your favorite activity, or if you think something on the list shouldn't be considered part of lock sport. I'd be interested to know what your viewpoint is. Maybe I can uh, update this or share that an update on this at some point. But before we get into this list, let me remind everyone of the basic rules. Never perform any of these activities on locks that you don't own or have permission to pick. 
Do not perform these activities on locks that you rely on or that are in use. So what activities might be considered locksport? Uh, This is just a generalized list that I came up with. First and foremost, there's picking locks, and there's just picking locks for the fun of it. It's, It's a fun challenge. It's a good way to work with your dexterity, and it's like solving a puzzle. Each lock is a unique puzzle. No two locks, even if they're the exact same make, model, brand, everything, they're not going to pick exactly the same. Sometimes they can even be keyed the same and not pick the same. Moreover, when you go to different brands of locks, different styles of locks, you get a completely new puzzle and unique experience. Uh, For me, I find it works really well as like a fidget spinner type device. I sit there and I can, if I'm feeling anxious or I need to do something with my hands and I'm trying to watch a movie or YouTube videos or listen to podcasts, I can sit there with, you know, a pile of locks next to me and my picks and pick locks. And it gives me something to do with my hands while I'm concentrating on what I'm watching or listening. Kind of an absent-minded picking thing that I do. Another thing that comes up is lock picking competitions. At some events and conferences, they'll have locks picking competitions. I've never seen or been in one personally, but here can be uh, quite fun for, for those involved, especially if you're the competitive type. There are different types. I don't, I'm not familiar with all of them, but it's usually kind of some kind of speed-based thing. If you're interested, research it. I, I can't tell you much about it. I've never actually seen or been involved in one. Uh, One thing that came up from Flashing Flames in the Reddit was disassembling and repinning locks. It's a simple thing that I didn't even think to include. But it really is um, key in understanding how a lock works by taking it apart, seeing how all the parts interact. It gives you a better idea of what it is you're feeling as you're trying to set pins. It's also a great way to make a lock into a new experience. You can change the the bidding. You can change the position of uh, security pins and standard pins. You can make the lock more or less difficult to pick. You can do progressive pinning. You can do all kinds of things to get more practice out of a single lock. So it's key to that. You also have to be able to demonstrate your ability to do that to move through the uh, Reddit's Karate Belt Flare system. And it leads into the next activity, which is making and picking challenge locks. Uh, This is really fun for some people. It's a way to be quite creative. And everybody has their uh, kind of their unique take on how to make challenge locks. Some people enjoy making beautiful custom pins. Uh, some of the ones uh, Lock Noob has made come to mind, his uh, chess pins and stuff like that. Others really stop and think about how the pins are going to interact with other pins, with the keys, with the the picks, with the how the, they're going to interact in the the shear line, and um, that is kind of the way I go at them. 
some people make them to give a lot of feedback, not necessarily to be difficult to pick, but to be a very interesting and fun picking experience. They get, they design a lot of interesting feedback in the way the pins interact. Um, others will make them very, very difficult to pick. It's all about making it as difficult or as challenging as possible. And some people will, you know, as part of that, will try to deny the picker any relevant feedback or possibly misleading feedback. After these challenge locks are made, they will be sent to other members of the community. Uh, those members then pick them. And usually if you're doing it on video, you pick it and you disassemble it and you show kind of what's inside to show you didn't change it. But after you've done your picking of it, you it's generally understood that you're going to pass them on to other members of the community. There's a whole trading system involved where, you know, you box us up some challenge locks, you send them on to another picker, they exchange with you some others that hopefully you haven't picked. And that way you get to, to play with some more and they work their way through the lock picking community that way. Another uh, interesting one that I haven't tried yet, um, but it's making cutaway locks. Some people get really into making cutaway locks. Some of them are very beautiful and artistically done. It's kind of an art and a, a very practice skill to remove enough of the lock to expose the inner workings while keeping the lock functional. When done well, it's just, it's a work of art. Being able to see some of these high security mechanisms in locks just working their magic, it's, uh, it's impressive. Um, I've seen some pictures, some absolutely beautiful work. Most of the pictures I've seen were created by Supalama on uh, the lockpicking Reddit or the Lockpickers United Discord. That's kind of his specialty. And he usually has quite a back catalog of people waiting for him to make them because he does such an excellent job. So if you have a chance, go, uh, go check out some of his work. Another part of lock sport that some people really enjoy is uh, decoding combination locks. It's kind of the equivalent of picking, but for a combination lock. It's not something I'm heavily involved in. Uh, there is a YouTuber that does a lot of uh, combination padlocks. I believe it's, was it Potty314 on YouTube? I'm not exactly sure. I'll find it and uh, put a link in the description or in the, sorry, in the show notes for the podcast. If you want to go check his channel out, he is an expert at decoding lots of different types of combination locks, mostly uh, padlock type combination locks. And he can, if you watch his videos, you can get a really good feel for how to deal with most different types. But it is just like picking, it is very much a practiced skill something you have to get some experience and some practice with to be very good at. In a related skill is that of safe cracking or uh, safe lock manipulation. Safe locks are another type of puzzle, 
but they're actually a very different type of puzzle from a keyed lock. And in a way, they're much more difficult in, than your usual combination padlock. Some of them aren't. Some of the cheap ones are really easy. I have one personally here that I can uh, I can open in you know a few seconds without any work whatsoever. But I also have one safe lock here that I still haven't properly decoded. For most people, it takes quite a bit of time and patience to open a good quality safe lock. The process usually involves carefully manipulating the wheels in very specific patterns while graphing your observations, looking for very specific things in your graph, making assumptions about that, and moving on to more graphing and manipulating until you work through what the actual combination is. Like I said, I'm not real successful at this. I haven't actually given it a whole lot of time. It's something I do want to work on more in the future. Then there is another fun part of lock sport for some is tool making. It's necessary uh, for some locks. If you've got some really high security locks, especially one that hasn't been picked before or hasn't been picked often, there probably isn't a tool that readily exists to help you open it. So you end up making your own. So tool making can be, it's pretty wide ranging. It can be as simple as making basic lock picks from very basic materials like shim stock or wiper inserts. They can be crude, but functional, or some people go as far as to make beautiful custom picks with custom handles, polished mirror finishes, all kinds of new interesting shapes to give you that little bit of an advantage and pretty much everything in between those two extremes. And then you've got the other part, which is I kind of touched on earlier, which is making custom one-of-a-kind tools to to help defeat difficult or high security locks. Sometimes you have to think completely outside the box and just get creative And then you have other methods of entry which aren't picking or decoding things that bypass the actual locking mechanism. So you have non-destructive bypass methods. Basically, finding a way to get the lock open without having to deal with whatever main locking mechanism there is and without damaging it. Uh, Things like that are simply slipping the latch, uh, reaching past the the key cylinder to turn the actuator or move the actuator with a special tool without n- needing to turn the actual key mechanism or the combination mechanism. There are many, many different methods, uh, too many for me to go into here, but it is something fun to research and to play with. Then there are, this one gets a little controversial when you come into Locksport, but there's destructive bypass methods. Uh, These can be quite fun to watch on a video, and it's kind of an anything-goes approach. The goal is to get past the lock pretty much by any means necessary. This is the type of method that is most often practiced by criminals. You know, a crowbar, a pair of wrenches, um, 
pry bars, hammers, bolt cutters, those are destructive bypass methods. But more interesting ones could be freezing the lock, melting parts of the lock. There are creative ways to do destructive bypass that are quite fun to watch on YouTube. Um, I know I've seen a few by a lockpicking lawyer. Some people enjoy uh, designing and making new types of locks. It's more about the the design and building of the prototype more than quite often more than uh, actually making a, a real lock to produce, but it's kind of a creative thought challenge, but it could lead to a new successful lock design. You never know. For this part of it, it doesn't actually have to be a real usable secure lock. There can be ones made out of scraps of old locks. You can make a lock out of custom shaped custom cast pieces yourself. You can make it out of wood. You can 3D print them now. There's an example of that in one of the things I have coming up later. It's another skill that a lot of people uh, practice in lock sport or physical security world is key impressioning. This is another one that I haven't personally tried yet, so I can't talk too authoritatively about it. I don't know all the, the details involved, but in a nutshell, it's basically the skill of making a key for a lock without already having an existing key to make a copy of. You're using the lock itself to give you the clues you need or to help you make the key that fits it. As I understand it, you're basically going to have a blank key, either just a standard blank key or uh, one with a special surface treatment that can be like a thin foil or other impressionable surface. Um, or in the case of like tubular locks, you can impression them with a tubular lock impressioner, which has some pins that have some resistance on them and they impression themselves. Um, it's hard to explain on a audio only podcast. So if you're interested, there's lots of videos about this, but basically you're going to insert the key into the lock, turn it back and forth. The binding, the pins that bind, the ones you would normally pick first, offer resistance. They make marks on the surface or impression themselves into the soft surface. And if it's a like a, a deformable surface on, on an impressionable surface on the key, you've made like a, you've got a dimple lock key with a foil covering over the top or something like that. It will slowly deform on its own as you do this, if you do it correctly, and it will end up creating the correct bidding and the lock will eventually open. If it's a standard type key that you're using, you prepare the, the surface edge of the key, you do the, the turning back and forth thing, you pull it out, you look at it carefully with like a magnifying loop, you file away where you see marks left by the binding pins, and you just keep repeating that over and over again until you get to the point where you have a working key. Like I said, not something I have any experience with, just uh, I've seen a few videos on it but it is um, an important part of lock sport. Some other things that were brought up, uh, this one by Logos Lock on the Reddit. He brought up researching the history of locks. Locks and lock companies have long and interesting histories. So does the 
history of Locksport itself, and they're kind of intertwined. So that can be fun for people who are interested in history and researching history, going through going down the rabbit hole of Lock and Locksport history can be a very uh, fun pastime for some. Another one that may or may not be part of quote-unquote lock sport, but a lot of people who are into lock sport end up practicing is lock collecting. It's pretty pervasive in the, the lock sport community. Not everybody does it, but a large percentage of the lock sport community will have some sort of collection of locks. Some of them are really into collecting old locks. Some are interested in unique rare locks and some very specifically in high security locks. So that's my basic list of things that I came up that may or may not be part of lock sport. Let me know what you think. Did I miss anything? Is there anything that I should have included? Did I misspeak? Send me an email, charles at charlesbuildscraft.com or any of the other methods that will be in the show notes below. Just get a hold of me and let me know. A couple of interesting things I uh, found on the Reddit. Uh, Lethalogica X uh, made a 3D printed lock. I'll have a link in the show notes below to the Reddit post and the YouTube video she put up about this 3D printed lock. It's... It's unique, and uh, I think everyone should go check it out if you haven't already. It's hard to describe, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, it's 3D printed lock with a 3D printed key. You know, physically, it's not secure, like I said earlier, but it's an interesting uh, project, and I think you should check it out. Another one. Uh, this is a new channel to me, and it looks like a pretty new channel in general, called Grain O'Rice on YouTube. Grain O'Rice does uh, lock picking and safe lock manipulation and cracking. So they shared a video about some ideas and some experiments they've been performing on Group 1 safe lock. Now, it's hard to explain, but Group... Group one is a high security safe lock mechanism. Your reasonable security safes are going to have a group two safe lock. It's a good quality lock, but it can be manipulated. It's the group, or it's the type of lock you have to manipulate to qualify that skill for like the black belt, karate belt flare. Group one is quite often... I mean, it's designed to be manipulation proof, but there are some theories on how to do it. Um, and he's working on with one of those that has to do with the sounds the lock admits and using a, a microphone and a circuit to try to decode the lock that way. And I think it'd be interesting to check it out. I'll have a link to the video and the, uh, Reddit post in the show notes. Now, uh, last week we talked about the lock picking uh, karate belt flare system for the Reddit and the Discord. And um, right now I plan on announcing as best I can any new black belts that are announced on the Discord because they the mods will put up a announcement 
when somebody gets a, a black belt, they get a an actual announcement in the announcement section of the Discord. So that's really easy for me to grab before a show and put up. And it's a really, it's quite rare occurrence. To put things into context, I thought I would uh, share with you what the current stats are. These stats are from the Reddit, not the Discord. And it's, it's not a combined, it's not, it doesn't include the Discord numbers. A lot of them overlap. People who are on the Discord are also on the Reddit. So anyway, but these are the, the statistics from the Reddit. We have total of 3,518 people participating as of the 2nd of June of 2020. Of those, 631 of them are white belts, 1,023 are yellow belts, 1,206 are orange belts, 376 are green belts, 133 are blue belts, so there are only 64 purple belts, 29 brown belts, 30 red belts, and only 26 total black belts. Out of 3,518 people, only 26 have made it to the black belt level. Looking at these numbers, I would like to be able to announce, and I think it would be manageable for me to handle announcing purple belt or higher, but it gets tricky because they only put up announcements for black belts and only on the Discord. So I don't have a way to properly track all of the new purple, brown, and red belts. I might be able to grab a few of them by going through the the belt requests on the Discord, but those would only be the people that requested it on the Discord. It wouldn't be the people that did it through a message on the Reddit like I did. So I'd miss a few, and there's no official announcements of them. So unless like a mod was willing to send me a list of new purple belt and hires every week, I have no way of keeping track of that. So for now, I'm just going to announce new black belts. I don't want to put any more load on uh, the mods. They've got enough to do. All right, on to giveaways. Um, This week, I got an email from Rune Picker on YouTube, Uh, link in the description or show notes below. He wanted to let everyone know that he is close to his first milestone of 100 subscribers, and he's planning on doing a 4th of July giveaway bash. The giveaway will contain a Sparrow's Distatainer pick, a Chinese Distatainer lock, an all-brass Medico Biaxial with key and original box, and an all-brass AMS 100 lock. So... Check out Rune Picker's channel. Go uh, to the link in the show notes and check that out. Then, uh, as usual, uh, Starrylock is still doing his Shout Out Monday series, and he'll keep doing that for a while. I don't know exactly how long, but it's still going on where he does the shout out for a channel with a with fewer than 100 subscribers. And he tries to incentivize people to subscribe to that channel by having a giveaway for a Law Lock Tools gift certificate. And he's given me permission to keep announcing that 
as long as it's going on and as long as I have time in the show to do so. So I'm going to keep doing that. And um, I'm still doing my pack lock a month giveaway where I give away one of my custom pack locks every month for the year of 2020. So you can go to my channel, check out the description and any one of my videos and uh, find the rules there. I'd like to thank the following for providing content this week. We have Starlock with his giveaway information, Lethalogica X uh, for the information that she shared on Reddit and her YouTube channel and the video about her uh, custom made 3D printed lock. Please go check that out. Uh, Flashing Flames on Reddit and Logos Lock on Reddit for some of their con contributions to my What is Lock Sport list there. And a special thank you to Helpful Lock Picker again for his shout out and feature of my podcast and YouTube channel on his YouTube channel. So if by some weird happenstance you don't already know who he is and have subscribed, please go check him out. Remember, this podcast can't exist without your support, so please keep sending in your news, links, and giveaways to charles at charlesbuildscrap.com or any of the uh, contact methods I have listed in the show notes below. Thank you. Remember, keep it legal, and please follow the Locksport rules. Till next week. Bye. over i'm done stick a fork in me it's been grand this is hard harry saying sayonara